Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast. I'm What a Day Joe, along with the player Benny Scala. And today we're talking epic home runs. And Benny, you were just mean you were just talking about this home run derby from 1959. Let's lead it off with that real quick. What do you Yeah, think? what a great show. I stumbled upon that like I don't know, it's years ago when uh, it was on ESPN Classic. Yeah. And I just, you know, I said home run derby. And I clicked on it and uh you got it, it's a nine inning format. It was the all wow. the greats, and it was filmed in 1959, December 1959, at Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. They did, they they filmed 26 episodes in December. Okay, they aired them from January through June uh, of the, of 1960, just wow. like you know, like a regular episodic TV show. And I'll, I'll throw some of the names at it. You know, you get Mays, Mantle, Aaron, Killebrew, Ernie Banks, Frank Robinson, Eddie Matthews. Wow. All those guys, I mean, all the, I mean, giants of the game back then. It was a nine inning format. Yep. They got three outs. And I believe, and I, I could be a little bit wrong on the rules, but um, a foul ball or a, a, a ball that did not leave the park sure. was, was an out. Uh, they only, and they got three outs per inning. And they just, you know, they, I, I don't think a strike, I don't think a strike was I wonder, an out. I wonder how many home runs they hit altogether in these, these matches. You, Get like you know they they get hit like fifteen maybe but you know wow. you had a, a jabroni a batting practice pin you know, <laughs> an enhancement talent pitcher uh, serving the ball up and then whoever like say it was Mays and Mantle and then you know say Mays was up at bat then sure. Mickey would be sitting with the announcer yeah and they'd be just ex- exchanging pleasantries and and small talk they got paid I mean <laughs> it, some actually I don't remember the the compensation. It right. wasn't it wasn't bad considering you know back in '59, yeah, these guys were probably like making fifty seventy five, which back then wasn't oh, yeah. bad either. But they got yeah, a little bit a, extra pocket. Not a bad money. gig, but that was very very interesting when you sent the script over. And I was like, home run derby from '59, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think what was more shocking that Wrigley Field in Los Angeles, there was yeah, a Wrigley, Wrigley Field. In Los, in Los I think the, the right field fence was like three forty, and left field was it wasn't a big ballpark. No, but still, you though. know, a, a nice shot. It's going to go out, kidding, and then, no you know. Kidding. I think they had like college kids playing in the outfield, just you know, to shag. I mean, it really didn't matter whether they whether they caught it or not; it sure. was irrelevant. If if it didn't leave the park, it was an out. But I mean, you're talking about like uh, almost all these guys. I mean, I think maybe and maybe all of them are are Hall of Famers. Oh, I'm sure they are. I'm you sure know, they yeah. are. I mean, the ones I just read, they're all in the Hall of Fame. But oh, just God, to yeah. see these guys, well, definitely, you, know, you can find these on YouTube, right? 
Yes, sir. Yeah, right, we'll, have to, we'll, have to, we'll have to do some of that. Maybe uh, throw some videos out there later on in the season. And so, but I'd like to take a look at that. But if you're an old school baseball fan, sure, you'll 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 probably want to binge watching, and you can thank us afterwards. Uh, I got to check that. I got to check that. In case everybody's tuning in, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast. I am What a Day Joe, joined by the player Benny Scala, and today we're talking epic home runs. All right, so um, let's 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 kick it off here. You got some nicknames for home runs here. Uh, pretty, the one I never heard of before is the circuit clout. The sur- oh really? I never heard of that one. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was popular. I'd say probably in the mid to late sixties. The circuit clout. Oh wow! Uh, now I'm surprised you heard you heard of a sock dollager. I've I've heard of it. I've never heard it be called like I've never heard somebody say it, but I knew the term. That was a night in the twenties. That yeah. was a sports writer term, and I, I don't. It means an epic hit, but I guess you know right. pretty much any home run is going to be a sock dollar. I like the term four bagger because that <laughs> uh, that's, that that's synonymous to most of most of my dates. You know, they, yeah, there you go, four baggers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see that Tater. I've heard of Dinger was a good one. The Ballantine Blast. Yeah, that was only if you were a Yankee fan because, you know, Ballantine was their sponsor. That was pretty much a Mel Allen thing. And a holy cow. Well, no, holy cow was Rizzuto, but it was a Ballantine Blast. And then a gopher ball. But a gopher ball was from the pitcher's perspective. You got to love that. They threw up a goal. Robin Roberts. was. It was an announcer for um, the Red Sox back in, I want to say, 99 season. He used to call them Tall Jacks. Tall. I never, that one I never heard. Never. I've, I've, he tried to coin the phrase. He got people at the all-star game to say it, but I've never seen it take off, but it was called tall jacks. Yeah. I don't understand what that what it was just, for, but. <laughs> and and home runs were initially not a big part of baseball. Yeah. I'm looking at the beginning of this here. It, what was it? 1919 Babe Ruth funny with the Red Sox. He hit 29 home runs. Not a lot of home runs. Right. But the first player in the 20th century to hit more than 25. My goodness. Uh, yeah. Previous year, he, he was tied for the lead with 11. Oh, and he was a still still a full time pitcher pitcher with the Sox, um, and then the year before that, Yankee Wally Pip, yeah, Pip, who had the headache, turned around the world. I think it was in nineteen five. <laughs> went up on the bench, and Lou Gehrig replaced him forever. Unbelievable, I, unbelievable. Like, so nine, nine home runs, nine. Yeah, I mean nine. And there was if you go to the baseball almanac and you know oh, yeah. you can see the 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 home run leaders uh, by sure. by year. Yep. Frequently, I mean, it, it, it's been, I, I, it was as low as five home runs. Home runs. Wow. Ruth was now, the one who, Babe Ruth made it into a thing. Was it just not part of the game back then? Was it just base hits and bunts and all that stuff? Was it I, just, you know, honestly, Joe, I think it's a combination. The ball was probably a little bit deader, but, you know, but then all of a sudden here comes Ruth and, yep. you know, he did what nobody else ever did. And uh, we, we talked last week about sure. how in 1927 he hit 60 home runs and the second highest team total. Uh, to the Yankees was 56 home runs. So yeah, team total, he, he, right? just, yeah. he, he made it into a thing and it's been a thing ever since. Wow. That's incredible. I just, I, I want to know statistically why that was, like you said, the baseball, was it the um, most of the ball fields back then? Maybe they were too far. Like it could have been the dimensions of the ball. 420 yeah. from left to right for all we know. I have no idea, but well, yeah, because you know, the, the Yankee stadium was called the house that Ruth built, but oh, specifically yeah. the, the right field porch, yeah. I think back then was 296 feet. Yep. Fenway Park, three ten down the line of the monster, but you have, you have a thirty seven foot wall. You have to right. get it over with first. Yeah, so. Yankee Stadium. I think the fence was maybe four or five feet. I mean, oh, a, yeah. a, a lazy fly ball off the bat of Ruth just nice. kept carrying. Like an infield fly would carry into the right field bleachers. But yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it too. Is you know the the architecture Beautiful. of the ballparks going forward. 
All right, let's get right to the list. You get number one here. Why don't you tell us? Why don't you set the stage on this one? Well, this is my one of my favorite home runs. Of I all remember time. this one vividly. It's, it's it's kind of obscure. I mean, and if you look at lists of greatest home runs, typically you're not going to see this home run on there because no. it really wasn't very. There's no historical significance of it. Right. I just think of the, just the how it unfolded. So sure. on July 24th, 1983, at Yankee Stadium, George Brett hit. I remember watching on TV a mammoth home run off Goose Gossage. I mean, Goose was throwing 99 mile an hour heat back then. And George Brett just jacked one. And then next thing you know, and I mean, I watched this and I'll never forget this. Billy Martin comes out, uh, protested to Tim McClellan, who was the, uh, the home plate umpire umpire. Yep. That uh, there was too much pine tar in the batter. It like went up too far in the bat, I guess there was certain, uh, you can only go Um, up so far in the bat. And McClellan agreed with uh, Martin and negated the home run. I guess the game was over. And the thing that it wasn't the home run. It was watching George Brett. Oh, the eyeballs. Remember that? Like he eyeballs ran. And like, I I thought he was going to have an aneurysm before he got to the umpire. Exactly. How he didn't assault that umpire. I mean, the man has unbelievable self-control. Yeah, I just don't know. I remember. I just remember the videos, the news, national news, local news. They we're talking 1983, of course. So, whether it was on your local news or national, it was everywhere. Pictures, everything, and all I remember is his eyeballs were Those bulging out of the TV. <laughs> I thought they were going to fall out of his head. Yeah, it was crazy. And they, didn't they do like a mock commercial or something like that about that years later? I believe like, so. Yeah, like pine tar. Don't you know? Don't use too much pine tar next time. Or something crazy like that. But. But one one thing I didn't know that though about that though is looking back on it, that the American League president Lee McPhail actually uh, said the home run was valid. Yeah, yeah. And that game was to be resumed from there, and that the Royals ended up winning five to four. I mean, how many times in the history of Major League Baseball I, was a protest upheld? That, I that's the one and only time I've I can actually never remember seeing that before. And right? I think I think that's insane. So right, that right there. You know, we're talking epic home runs. These are epic home runs. They might not have won or lost a game, but they do have some significance, whether it's not historical, because I didn't see a pine tower incident after that. <laughs> well, I mean, and I guarantee anybody that listens to this show that's, you know, over maybe the age of 50. Yeah. That watched that game. It's, they're going to just chuckle and say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, that's unforgettable. <laughs> All right. Next up, what do you got here? This This goes back a little ways. This is one of the most controversial home runs okay. uh, of all time. Wrigley Field, October 1st, 1932. Isn't wow. it funny how game it was Game 3 of the World Series that they were already playing Game 3 of the World Series wow. in October. Yep. And and we're you know, we're just getting started with like the ALDS, right? Yeah, if or, that, or, right. Or right. the wild card playoffs, but uh Babe Ruth steps up to bat. Uh has I think a, a two-strike count on him. Uh they're playing the Cubs in the World Series. And he uh, points uh, he points to the center field bleachers. Uh, Charlie Root was the pitcher for the Cubs. Next pitch hits the ball exactly to the precise spot he pointed to. Wow. And this has been for now what 1932. So we're talking 91 years. 91 that years. People have been debating whether or not he actually pointed. And you got I mean you got probably 50 50. You you have and of course anybody who's who is you know any ball player who was at the game. Yeah. is long gone and probably any fan at this point exactly or is, is there any gone, um but... obviously uh, photography was that even around then maybe but not like yeah, the way I... they take pictures now they probably had the old the gunpowder on the the stick type thing at home plate 
you know, it was very expensive to take a picture back in those days. Right. So, some know, people say, yeah, some knows? people say that, uh, he was just, it, it was the second strike and he just said, he pointed, he lifted his hand up and said, that's two. Yeah. And he, and he kind of did like, you know, like almost like the peace sign. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, and then you have other players that they interviewed while they were still alive and they, they swear that he actually, he called a shot. I, I do mean, recall the reenactment with John Goodman in the babe, uh, right. When he did it and, you know, legend has it that that he did it. So we have to go by what that says, I guess, right? You never know. I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm going to go with the fact that he did it. Why not? Uh, Why, not? I mean, Why and, not? And if anybody could do it, who else but Babe Ruth? Exactly. Now, this next one you have, there's no doubt about it, um, synonymous with baseball and home run calls. Why don't you walk us through this one? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, October 3rd, 1951, the Polo Grounds, Game 3 of the National League Playoffs. Oh, yeah. Sudden death playoff necessitated by the fact that I think the Dodgers had, I think, uh, maybe a 13-game lead or oh, an 11-game really? lead at the All-Star break. And they wow. just, the Giants slowly caught up, you know, tied them on the last day of the season, forced a three-game playoff. And this was sure. Game 3. Uh, New York Giants outfielder Bobby Johnson, uh, Thompson, rather. Right. Johnson. Bobby Thompson yep. hits the uh, shot heard around the world off Brooklyn pitcher Ralph Branca. Ralph Branca. Yeah, giving the Giants a thrilling come from behind. 5-4 victory. And then the on-deck circle was a young rookie named Willie Mays. That's always – I've actually won a couple of baseball trivia radio contests back in the day. Sure. Yep. When the question was, who was on deck when Bobby Thompson hit the home run? And it, it was really amazing. And oh, I, I mean, you can get the audio. I, well, I think actually you can get the you can get the uh, the actual home run on YouTube. But I believe Russ Hodges was the announcer, wow. and he just kept saying the Giants win the pennant. The, the Giants, Giants win, win the, the yeah, yeah. I remember that. I mean, we I always mean, that, tried to wiffle ball growing up. That you know, I wasn't even around then, but wiffle ball growing up. That's one of the things you remember watching historically, and you wanted to reenact that every time. <laughs> And and Branca was actually a, a pretty decent pitcher for the Dodgers. Yeah. But whenever anybody hears the name Ralph Branca, that's all I think about. Oh, he's the guy that, you know, it's amazing how that one event, you're attached to that one event. It's kind of like Buckner with the yeah. ground ball. Oh, yeah. He's Bill another. Buckner was an excellent ball player, one he of was. my favorites. He was, he was just humbled by a bad ankle one year, I know. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, people go, oh, he, he blew the World Series. And he he didn't. I mean, he made an error, yes, but there was so many other events leading to them losing that game. All right. We're going back to 1935 for the next one. And Babe Ruth, again, this one was kind of neat because, you know, he's playing for the Boston Braves. He's at the end of his career, right? This is like a, uh, I don't know, was this like a favor to Boston fans and all that to bring Babe Ruth back? I mean, he obviously nobody wanted him. That was it was more than yeah, it was more than nobody wanted him. I guess they kind of took him to put a little bit extra and not a bad publicity move. You know, you know he's gonna bring a few fannies in the seats just for uh I think that's what it was putting butts in the seats back then and uh obviously he hit three home runs uh through to to cap off his career, even though he played uh five more games after that. Uh, if memory serves me right, based on the uh, book and so forth, didn't he have pinch runners back then? He couldn't even run the bases. Yeah, and that was uh that was also covered in the movie The Babe with John oh, yeah. Goodman. Yep. That, okay. you know, I remember the the pinch runner, but the in the movie they pretty much depicted it that he was he was done after that. After oh, that yeah. game, he walked away, but not totally true. I mean, had it, you know, you kind of have to embellish things for the you movie. You gotta throw the Hollywood element in there. Sure, sure, sure. Not, not a good season for the babe. I think he hit like 181 in I don't know how many. Yeah. I mean, not I mean, he's 40 years old, he was out of shape. I mean, he he was definitely at the end of the line. Oh, sure. Sure. All right. Now we're moving up to 61 and 61. 
historical reference? Oh, yes, there is. Why don't oh, you yeah. walk us through this one? Oh, I, one of my favorite home runs, too. Uh, Roger Maris hits his 61st home run off the, of the season off of uh, Boston pitcher Tracy Stollard, wow. uh, breaking the 34-year-old major league home record, run, run, home run record set by the babe in 1927. So, And Maris's record would stamp at 37 years as far sure. as a major league record. Uh, when it was broken by Mark McGuire, who hit 70 uh, for the Cardinals in 1998. I kind of, you know, I mean, I guess that's, I don't really <laughs> recognize that, but uh, but it stood as an American League record for 61 years. How ironic. He hit 61 in, in 61. 1961, yeah. and it stands for 61 years when it was broken by another, uh, another there's, Yankee. There's no judge. coincidences in that. That's probably yeah. going to take another 61 years before anything like that happens again. But um, And then you have Aaron Judge. Who who brought what year did Judge break that? I forget what year that was. 2022. 22, right? It yeah. was two years ago, yeah, right? Year yeah, before last. Yeah. And he was, yep. I mean, post good last year, but then he got hurt. Like, and that's that, right. That was more of a typical season. I'm thinking, okay, the jinx of the yeah. which another thing we talked about, the long-term contracts. And he was yeah. such a power hitter. And, and don't forget, they're at the new Yankee Stadium and they moved that right field. They moved that in pretty much. I mean, balls fly out of Yankee Stadium now, like they're fly balls. So I, I think Aaron Judge is going to change history to the extent that you know when when people would that's another another um, nickname for home run, runs was a Ruthian uh, shot or Ruthian clout. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be changed to a Judgian. Yeah, the Judgian. There you go. Yeah, because I mean he hits moonshots. All right, let's go to October second, nineteen seventy eight. I'm a eight year old kid in school, and everybody in the world in Boston has to run home and watch a one game playoff between the Red Sox. And of course, those beloved New York Yankees. Oh, I remember this day. This is my first, probably my first heartbreak as a kid watching Bucky freaking Dent. I, I was going to say, what did you guys call him in Boston? There was, there was a nick, there was a name between Bucky and Dent. Right? Yeah, he had F a middle and name. Was Bucky yeah. F and Dent. Bucky and, F and Dent, right? Uh, that was a horrible thing. It was a great comeback by the Red Sox to, to, to tie it and so forth to get that one game playoff, but. Bucky Dent hitting that home run off Mike Torres, who I loved. He, I idolized him. Um, good, good pitcher. Great pitcher. Clemens is number twenty-one back in the day right. before Roger Clemens came around. So Mike Torres was a great pitcher. Pinpoint control. I remember that. And he hit that. And you know, we'll be revisiting another famous Yankee home run off of Red Sox later on in the program. But that was a hot break for me and so forth. But all right, let's go up to nineteen seventy-seven, October eighteenth. Let's walk us through this one, Mister October. Oh, yeah. This was one of my, and I've been fortunate enough to live through many of these, you know, watching many of these home runs. So, and on October 18th, 1977, in the sixth game of the World Series, Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, hit home runs on consecutive pitches off Bert Hooten, Elias yeah. Sosa, and Charlie Huff, uh, giving the Yankees the win and clinching their first world championship, actually, since. 1962, That's amazing. yeah, That's amazing. And that, that last that last shot, we almost looked like a golf shot because Huff threw the knuckleball. Yep. So Reggie had to supply all the power, but he just you know he hit a moonshot and nicknamed Mister October after that. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. They just I mean, named the Texas Ranger Mister October, the second baseman there this year. That I, I thought that was kind of weird, right? You know, yeah. But, Reggie Reggie put himself on the map. I mean, he was a, already a clutch hitter, but oh yeah, boy, I mean, yeah. three. And I believe I, I might be wrong on this one. I think. His pre the previous game, he hit a home run on his last at bat, so it would have been like four oh, so consecutive pitches. I, somebody might have to fact check me on that one, but we'll have to look I'm, at that one. That, yeah, could, that yeah. could be a possibility too. But nonetheless, he still missed for October, so oh yeah, that'll work. And again, we have another Reggie Jackson epic home run, July thirteenth, seventy one, Oakland A's. 
Doc Ellis. I haven't heard that name in oh, a yeah. long time. A long time. Now, this is in a 71 All-Star game. Tiger it Stadium. struck the tower on the roof. And NASA uh, has been tracking the orbit of this home run for 15 years. It never years. landed. This, if you watch this, I mean, it, I, in fact, I watched it a couple of days ago in preparation for this show because I right. hadn't seen it in a long time. I mean, I remember why I was, I guess, 16 wow. when it happened. remember watching it. And I, when he hit it, he just, I mean, the whole place just froze, including wow. Reggie. He just stood there and he watched it, which is kind of like back then they didn't really, you know, they didn't really do that. If you're hitting something like that, you're going to end up watching it. I mean, yeah. I've never seen a harder hit ball in my life. It truly, I mean, it just struck off the, the, the tower there. And I don't think, I think the only other person who ever did that at that, at Tiger stadium was Norm Cash. Okay. Wow. Somebody that you really don't know for power, you know, you yeah, wouldn't exactly. think of him as a power hitter, but yeah. I mean, yeah. You wouldn't think, all right. Yankee stadium again, 1965, July, uh, June 18th. Excuse me. Let's, let's hear about this one. This, this has absolutely zero significance to anybody. <laughs> But myself and the player who hit the home run. But it's epic. So, it's epic. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna and I'm gonna you know like, do a little rant on this. So on on June 18th, 1965, six days before my 10th birthday, my dad, oh as a gift, took me to Yankee Stadium. Wow. Uh, to see the Yankees against the Twins. Now right. in that game, there were home runs by Mantle, Maris, Phil Lins. Remember Phil Lins, the harmonica oh, yeah. guy. I remember the name. Yeah. And uh, uh, relative, and not relatively, an unknown player, number fifty-three, Ross Moschito. <laughs> and if if you remember him, I, if I was wearing a hat, I would take it off right now and salute you. Anybody out there? Sounds but like you a, hit a home like run, a salami or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hit a home run off the left field foul pole. He was the you know, the, the fourth home run. Wow. Um, and what's the significance of this? Uh, besides that, I was there to watch it. What's it that? was his one and only home run of his brief major league career. Wow. I think he actually had six hits in his whole career. He played it. And so um, he was, they, they, his nickname was Mickey Mantle's legs. He was a center <laughs> fielder. Yeah. And what they would do is, you know, after seven innings, maybe. Switch uh, him and you figured, remember in 65, the Yankees were at, that was their decline year. Yeah. So they really weren't in a pennant race. So after seven innings or so, you know, you have Mantle who was by then 35 years old, tired uh, or, or hungover or whatever, but they would, uh, you know, trot him back into the dugout and out would come uh, Moschito, play the last inning or two. So I think he played unbelievable 107 games, but only got up like I think 28 times. Wow. But you just, were there to see the one and only home run. But yeah, I just, that was it. That's yep, history. And, That's epic. That's epic right there. And, epic. and uh, there will be at some point, uh, yep. J- um, JP Zarka, who um, sure. owns the uh, owns the Pro Wrestling Stories website that I write for, okay. he is going to uh, eventually launch a Pro Sports Stories website, okay, and which will include baseball stories. Oh, and wow. I have I already have a story written uh, called Mickey Mantle's Legs, and nice. it's about Ross Moschito and about my my experience at Yankee Stadium. That's awesome, and uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, this is 50, what, 58 years ago. And you remember it so vividly. Like That's it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. yeah. And that, it's funny that I was the most excited. You know, I, I tell people, you know, I went to a Yankee game where both Mantle and Maris hit home runs. And, oh, my God, wow. you got to see something like that? That's and my first memory is it was uh, Moschito's one and only home run. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go now, the next one, I remember the news breaking in, the national news when this happened. 
Um, obviously going to, back to 74, April 6th. Season must have just been underway at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hank Aaron hits his second home run of the season off L.A. pitchers Al Downing en route to a 7-4 Braves victory. Um, that was obviously second part of what happened here. More importantly, the home run is 715th of Hank Aaron's career, breaking the previous held by Babe Ruth since 1935. Yeah. That is, I remember that. I remember watching TV and they interrupted uh, the, the national news had like that top of the hour type promo, whatever. And we were watching, I was watching something with my dad and they interrupted everything and they went over there and they said, he just hit his 715th home run. I'm like, what happened? Who is that guy? I was only like four or five years old, but that was one of my first memorable, um, you know, breaking news, interrupting all anything that was going on with the stations and all that. This just in, you know, I mean, almost, almost superfluous to Kennedy getting shot. Yeah. You know, it, it was like, wow, what's going on? And they showed it and it was amazing. I mean, that was, that was, I, I, but what I forgot about that was so early in the season, very early in the season, the season had to been what a week old. If that. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. If that. Yeah. Cause April 8th, it couldn't have been more than a few days. Yeah. All right. So the next but one, I'll tell you what though, uh, go ahead. real quick, yeah. you know, the two things that I remember is that the guy who caught the ball in yeah. the bullpen was, was Tom house. Oh, wow. of the Atlanta Braves. Okay. That was probably his greatest moment in baseball. And uh, the other one is that, uh, sadly, and I mean, it's hard to believe. It. I mean, that was, what, 49 years ago, but sure. all the hate mail that uh, Aaron got, I mean, most of it racially related. Oh, yeah. Uh, the that, country you know, was about, still divided at that time. Oh, Definitely. my God. I mean, Definitely. How, I mean, I give that man all the credit in the world for, you know, never, I mean, just conducting himself like he a- He paved like the way. A, He's one of the, the, the trailblazers. He paved yeah, the way. Yeah, but that, that what a shame. But yeah, I mean that was I remember that one too, and uh, you know one of the that was truly one of the most epic home runs ever, breaking a, a record held by Babe Ruth like Babe Ruth nice. like that. All right, October fifteenth, eighty-eight, Dodger Stadium. Vince Scully with the call. Walk us through, Benny. What's that? What's oh, the yeah. good one? So this remember the movie uh, Misery with uh, James Caan and Jessica Bates. Oh, Kathy Bates, yeah. Kathy yep. Bates. I'm yep. sorry. Yep. Do I, I always call her Jessica Bates. That's I don't right. know. Probably your middle name for all we know. Who knows? Maybe yeah. But uh, <laughs> remember the the hobbling scene? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what she she waxed both of his ankles with a with a a, a mallet or whatever, she, and you know just you, it's sickening watching his ankles bend the way they do. But I mean, Kirk Gibson literally hobbled to home plate like he had just oh, yeah. been hobbled by by Kathy Bates, yep. and I mean hits a walk off home run off Dennis Eckersley. You know, probably the best relief the pitcher best in baseball at the time. There was no yeah, absolutely. I want to say and, he. Besides Hershiser, he was like second in Cy Young voting, I think, that year. I believe you're right. Yeah. 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 Well, I think he did win one year. He oh, won one year. Cy Young one of those MVP. years. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of those Oakland A's four years since there, he won it there. But right. he had no business being up at bat. No right. No, 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 no. And uh, what did he say? I can't believe what I just saw. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But I remember they, the that, camera that actually, shaking uh, in the center field. I remember all that. That was oh. a game winner, and uh, they won They won the series. Vince Scully with the call. That was unbelievable. Yep. All right, back to uh, Yankees uh, Globe Life Field in New York. Yankees, yeah, no, where is Globe Life Field? Globe, where is that? Te- Texas, Texas. That's right. Uh, Aaron Rudge, obviously, this is historic. Number sixty-two of the year, breaking that sixty-one-year-old record by Maris. Where are you then? In in sixty in sixty-one or in twenty twenty-two? We were just getting over COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I followed him all season long. I mean, yeah. for a while there, I thought he was going to shatter McGuire or Bond's record. Yeah, because he was going at a huge clip, and he kind of 
kind of slowed down. But uh, you know what? I mean, I know Bonds has a record, and I know McGuire hit 70 and Sosa hit 66. But to me, it's Judge at 62 and Maris at 61. And those, yeah. to me, though, th- those are the records. And it's no mistake that's all Yankees, too. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's what you, well, that's, that's what you don't see I, anymore. It's that type I would, of dominance. I would tell you, Joe, that if, if Ted Williams decided that he wanted to take 20 or 30 points off his batting average yeah. and go for home runs, I bet he would have hit 80 every season. He, he might have. He was. Oh, the, uh, no he, doubt. Oh, I, I believe it. He was just a pure hitter, though. He just he hit for he hit for numbers, not right. for homers. That's for sure. All uh, right, Forbes yeah. Field, Bill Mazeroski, nineteen sixty, yeah, a little before my time. But walk right. us through this bad boy. Well, I mean, and you talked about you know Bucky F and Dent being a heartbreaker yeah. for you in nineteen seventy eight. I actually I was five years old. I don't remember this. Um, you know, I, okay. I learned about it. Yep. As, you know, as I grew up, but. Uh, Bill uh, at Forbes Field. Bill Mazeroski hits a game-winning winning home run off uh, Ralph Terry of, of the Yankees. Sure, and it gave the Pirates a Game Seven win over the Yankees. Uh, this represented their first World Series win since 1925. So they had a 35-year drought. I don't think they won again until '79, uh, maybe or no, yeah. they did. Then they went in the early '70s with Clemente. I think they did. Yeah, I think Clemente, Roberto, yep. maybe '70 or '71. Yep. Um. But the Pirates, this is a funny stat, uh, were outscored 60 to 27, yet wow. they still won the series. Yeah, I mean, the games the Yankees won were all blowouts. The ones that yeah. the, uh, the the uh, Pirates won were squeakers. Mickey Mantle said that this was the one and only game that he ever cried after after the game was over. Wow. It right. was a heartbreak. I mean, that says and, a lot. And uh, the other significance of this game is it was the last game uh, for Casey Stengel. As the oh, manager wow. of the Yankees, so they fired the guy. I mean, figure this: the guy sure. he had, uh, joined the Yankees in 1949. I think in 12 seasons, he had won um, nine pennants and seven World Championships. That's Bill Russell stuff, right there. It is, That's and you know, crazy. or, or uh, yeah, or uh, which is like John Wooden, yeah, at UCLA. It's, it's, I mean, it's like total domination. And That's yeah, just... so he he lost the seventh game. Now, granted, he was 70. He was 70 at the time. Yeah. But yeah, then he got picked up by the Mets and sure. managed for a few more years. The old professor. Unbelievable. That's a great list you comprised there. And I'm sure there's a lot of other memorable ones, honorable missions in there. But well, I got your, your, your Carlton Fisk home run. Yeah, well, hold on. Yeah, we, we're just getting my list together. Oh, I, got, oh, I, right. I got five. I got five. Uh-huh. I'm going go to go five to one. Um, the first one I recall um, was back in, I want to see, was it 93, 94? And I have a picture of it, and maybe you could tell me which this one is right there. Joe Carter. Joe Carter. That's right. It wasn't the only home run. This wasn't the only home run to end a World Series. We'll get to that. But it was the only home run to end a World Series that came while the players' team was trailing. Can you believe that? Wow. And Mitch Wilding Williams. Remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah. The the, the wheels fell off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And one of the greatest things about that, because I'm a broadcaster, is – that is when who was it? Where, where, what's his name there? Tom Cheek had the old motto: "Touch them all, Joe. Touch them all." And they went on to win the World Series, and that was yeah. an unbelievable, epic home run in my book uh, for that one. Even and I do obviously, it's the only time that a foreign team, technically from Canada, has won the World Series. Right, exactly. And they won back to back, and they would have won three in a row, but that, I do believe the strike of '94 was it came about. And they almost gave Toronto the championship. <laughs> you, you think we ever see that again? A three-peat? No, no, no way. 
I, I don't. And, and we I, certainly I, don't see a, a Casey Stengel nine pennants in in in, in twelve years. No. That'll, that'll never happen again. No, I don't think so. All right, so let's go to this one. Uh, game two, two thousand thirteen ALCS Red Sox versus Detroit uh, Tigers, trailing five one on the bottom of the eighth. Big Poppy David Hortiz hits a grand slam to tie the game. Now, the most talked about thing about this home run was um, this picture I'm about to show you. Let me pull this up here. Where are we? We got graphics. There we go. Tory Hunter, head over heels, misses the ball, giving Poppy the grand slam. And Boston Police Department officer Steve Horgan doesn't care about Tory Hunter falling over the <laughs> over the uh, right field wall there. He just cares about the fact that the ball landed in the bullpen and that big Poppy David Ortiz tied the ball game. That picture is so famous. Now he's a believe it or not, he is a cult icon in Boston. It, it looks has, like he's just trying to imitate. He has you know? meet and greets. Imitate Tory Hunter. Greets. Yeah, he's got meet and greets going on. People know who he is. He was on the cover. Even Sports Illustrated covered him. He was on everything that year. That was amazing. Isn't you know? it funny how? Like I remember, what's that guy's name? Steve Bartman. The one. Oh yeah. Like, Bar- oh yeah. So even, even fans can become famous if they're in the right oh, place yeah. at the right time. That's the wrong kind of famous, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, oh, that's, an, that's infamy. That's not fame. Um, here we go. Back to the Yankees again. We all remember this day. Aaron, we call this guy Aaron F. And Boone, too. Hits a home run in the uh, 2003 ALCS Game 7 for the Red Sox to lose. Tim Wakefield gave up the dinger there. And this, um, the funny thing about this one is the pulled Pedro Martinez just a little bit too early to set this all up. And Grady Little, the manager, was fired 11 days later. They hired Terry Frangona, and they considered this, declared this a 2003 prelude, a 2004 prelude to the World Series comeback. Like it was a revenge year. They hired a coach. They got the wild boys, all those idiots back together. And their goal was just to win the World Series at any cost to get back at the Yankees. And that's how our season ended the year before. And I remember people were jumping off bridges uh, over this because this Red Sox team, they, they, you know, they grip Red Sox nation. This was, they thought that was going to be the year unbeknownst to us. It was the following year that that, that been, took place. Uh, so an 85 year old drop, but they, they just got it the next year. There you go. And of course, uh, moving up the list here, game six, bottom of the 12th inning, some guy named Carlton Fisk Pudge. hits a ball towards the left field wall. It appears to be going foul. All the while, Fisk waves it fair. That's right. And, of course, uh, that forced the, it got them to win. That forced the game seven, even though they lost. But I do remember a young Dick Stockton making that call. He said, quote, unquote, if it stays fair, it's gone. And it hits the foul pole. And that was the end of that. And I remember him running the bases, and people were trying to mob him at home place. This is before security was at a big-time thing like it is now. But – Carlton Fisk barely made it around third base when he had to push people out of the way to touch home plate to make sure that they, they got that win. Uh, that, but that is truly a historic home run. I mean, that was, any they, baseball fan worth their salt yeah. remembers that home run. Now, this is my favorite home run. Remember this one? <laughs> oh, God. Roy Hobbs of the New York Knights pennant, winning moonshot off Pittsburgh Pirates. That's right. Hobbs hits a foul ball that splits off his lightning forge bat called Wonder Boy, and that splits it in two, and then he goes over to Bat Boy Bobby Savoy, who brings him his own bat. What was it called? Oh, geez, 
I, I, the Savoy special. That's right. That's right. And down to his last strike, he's bleeding through his team jersey, obviously due to an injury from before. He smashed the baseball high into the upper right stadium seats, shattering the game's night lights in the home run, winning the game and the pennant. And to this day, that's like Reggie Jackson's moonshot. I think that ball's still going as well. I will say that if you are a baseball fan and you watch that scene on YouTube – Oh, and yeah. you don't get goosebumps, then you're in need of a heart transplant because you don't have one. It's also it's just, the music. The music was well, epic. yeah, absolutely. Bah, bah, I mean, bah. and it takes forever for him to run around the bases, but it's yeah, just it's crazy. It's perfect. It's unbelievable. It was a great. It was a great, great, uh, great, great movie. I don't know why did that. Did that win any awards? That you know, uh, I, I, it should have. I mean, you had you, have uh, to. you had Redford. You had. Uh, I mean, the uh, storyline, the stars that were in it. You had a lot of. You had a lot of young stars. A lot of. Um, character actors that were in it as well but robert redford that was an unbelievable movie epic and i tell you what though he yeah. his pitching motion was really really smooth oh yeah yeah, yeah. and his swing was great i mean yep. he must have played some ball or either that or he you know he yeah, really he, he really can't studied. teach that stuff yeah you can't teach that stuff no I, I don't think you can you can you can replicate that motion unless you've done it in the past right exactly but, i mean that is that's a great pick i mean that's that's a great home run yeah, so I mean, I have that up there. Obviously, it's fictitious, but nonetheless, it was still entertaining and epic to me because I was 15 years old when that movie came out. And you know what, Joe? It's like wrestling. It's real to me, damn it. Oh yeah, and it's like you know, you're playing wiffle ball in your backyard, or even you're playing real ball like I did too, and you just wanted to replicate those moments, and that, and that's exactly what we did, and that's why these are so memorable. Your home runs were memorable, even though some of them were before my time in your time. But I recall seeing in the history archives. These these moonshots, these shots heard around the world, uh, you know, balls hitting foul poles and records being set, sixty one and sixty one. We've all seen the movie, and it's just been epic, epic stuff. And you, you just gotta love it. You gotta. It, love it just it. adds to the the beauty of baseball. Just these you know these moments in time, and and especially if if you watched it, and it brings you back. You know, it brings you back in time. You can remember, like I remember, you know, sitting on my living room couch. When uh, Bucky Dent hit that home run, and I I got up and I I hurled yep. an expletive, and like it was the one one of the few times my mom was out shopping, so I yep. got away with it. I mean, so you got I, away with it, yeah. I got away with it, but I mean, just I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yep. Brett's home run, I remember the same thing. Like, oh my god! I, I just all I, like you, I just remember the eyes, the eyes bulging, the, the eyes just. And Billy Martin, what a manager! I mean, geez, the, the, yeah. I mean, some of these characters are. I mean, they are characters. They're real life people, but. My God, that's the stuff we grew up with. But who would I even? I mean, give credit to Martin. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, sure. it did get overturned, but the fact that he he had a he was astute enough to say, "Hey, check that bat out." Yeah, and and it, they 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 ejected. I think the the reason why they they uh, that Brett ran out was because I think they ejected him. Yeah, they ejected him. At first, they I, said I, he's I out. Think, he called him out, yeah. and that's when the umpire said, "You're out." And then he got ejected, you're out, and then you're really like, out. Yeah. You're out. But I think that was the that was the because it was the top of the ninth. I think that was that was game you know game set match Yankees, right? And then, exactly. uh, when they yeah. uh, when they resumed the game, then you know the Yankees couldn't. I mean, Who that is the one and only instance. Nowadays. I don't remember ever remember a protest being upheld. Besides, I mean, that. that's like the sign stealing episodes with the Astros and all that stuff. Like nobody's taking World Series titles away. Nobody's diminishing games. You know, no, you know, you might have lost draft picks or something like that, but. No games have been overturned or upheld or vice versa. Right. So it's I mean, like, it's crazy. I don't think that game made any difference to either team because the Yankees, by then, they were kind of in their decline. 
Yep. And the Royals didn't win until what, 85, I think. Yeah, 85. Yep. So, yeah, they were a little bit, a couple of years before, but man, oh, man. Still and about. George Brett, I mean, George Brett, one of the greatest third basemen of all time, Hall of Famer. But, Went on to make, you know, pre- oh, that's what it was. Wasn't it preparation H commercials? That's, that's right. what he made. <laughs> For those times when you're sitting on the bench or something like that, he was saying, right, oh, right. Crazy commercial like that. I think he did have hemorrhoids. I think that was, uh, that was another thing he was noted for. So we got to come up with a topic for the next Twin Bill Baseball podcast. What do you think? Yeah, if anybody out there has any ideas, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank at the moment. Not that, I mean, there's always going to be. And the uh, smartest guy in the room, Dan's not here. What's he on assignment? Where is he? Uh, Dan had a, I think Dan's still at work. We, we oh, did okay. this a little bit early today. Oh, so he's really on assignment. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, our, our collective uh, brain trust here, plus anybody who's out there listening, want to make a suggestion. Definitely. But I'm sure that there's so many topics. Should have some comments. Let us know. This is the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast. Benny, always a pleasure. The player. Um, we got Straight Wrestling Remembered player, tomorrow, right? Wrestling Remembered coming up tomorrow? Yes, we do. Yep. We're live, great moments, right? in, We're great live. moments in wrestling history. Yeah, I did my homework on that one. I got some good little tidbits for you guys on that one. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, we were looking forward to that. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in, watching the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast. I have been What A Day Joe. That is Benny Scala, the player. Folks, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.